200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello and thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, more than a dozen states, I think the exact number is 14, but I'm not entirely sure. There may be more. Um, have laws on the books, have passed them, uh, they're allegedly being enforced, um, to seize firearms of people who have been uh, determined to be mentally ill, mentally unfit. Uh, I think that we need to add to that dangerously mentally ill. I think that that's probably in most of the the legislation and most of the languages of the law. the fact of the matter is, is that just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you're dangerous. There's, I would venture that a person who is uh, mentally ill, the vast majority of people who have a mental diagnosis, depression or what have anxiety or whatever, are not dangerous. But that tiny percentage of people who are, who pose a danger to themselves or others, as we've seen with the shooter in, in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School who had a long history of mental health problems. Um, they're, they're few, but their impact is, is tragic. Uh, you know, some of these folks have taken multiple, multiple lives. Sometimes it's they take out their family and then themselves, and it's, that's a tragedy in and of itself, and it's a headline we sometimes don't read. Um, the, the, these laws... It's my understanding that someone has to report the person as being dangerous, right? And the question becomes, I mean, how much of an expert is a person who has never gone, you know, to to medical school? You know, I mean, the the psychiatrists and psychologists and even pharmacies, they can't report these people. And they have diagnosed someone and and do have a, a, a good insight into what that person's behavior might be. But, you know... 45-year-old mom um, might be concerned that their son or daughter, you know, is in peril or is in crisis, but it, it seems to me to be a little bit of a slippery slope. We were talking about swatting before. You know, what if you just want your kid's guns to be taken away and, you know, the, the, the person doesn't have any uh, threat? So I, I have some concerns about this. Of course, as most of our listeners know, I'm a long-term member of the NRA and a long-term um, an avid uh, sports shooter, but uh, it concerns me. And, and I think also, before I ask you the, the following question, uh, I think it should be pointed out that 95% of cops that I know won't ever enforce this law. <laughs> they will resist it. They will resist it. They will resist it uh, until they're forced to do something, right? Yeah. Yes, and well, you might be convinced otherwise in a second. So 13 states, as you said, uh, do have some sort of red flag uh, law. In California, I believe it was 2016 where the law was passed. Uh, Right now, the current uh, criteria is that under the law, police, immediate family members, and roommates can ask a judge uh, to have uh, a gun removed 
from immediate possession within the house uh, or, or dwelling of an individual who shows some sort of crisis. Um, circumstances can range anywhere from uh, workplace violence to domestic violence to divorce proceedings where somebody's shown some, uh, some antagonistic behavior uh, or aggression, drug uh, abuse uh, from, by a gun owner. Mm -hmm. So the, the seizures can take, in, in California, the seizures can uh, take place and, and remove uh, guns for anywhere from three weeks to up to a year. Um, in 19, uh, excuse me, 2086, when uh, the law was created in California, there were 86 guns seized. In 2017, it rose to 104. And just last year in 2018, according to the Justice Department, 424 wow. seizures happened in California. So I think, you know, like anything else with the, the heightened awareness, uh, with the headlines, with, um, you know, certain political powers being in power, um, you've got individuals saying, hey, I am my brother's keeper and I don't think that guy should have a gun. Uh, some legislators tried last year to actually broaden the criteria uh, to coworkers and um, I think fellow students, uh, other people who could do the reporting. Uh, there, there already was a, a system to get a, a temporary restraining order where yeah, you had to essentially articulate reasons why the individual was um, showing some behavior that um, would benefit from having guns seized mm -hmm. from their possession. This makes it easier. The, the individual calls, the police uh, do the um, evaluation, a, a, a judge reviews it and decides whether or not the guns should be removed. Uh, I'm not sure how the other 12 states do it, but they're similar. And the criteria may also range into uh, things like alcoholism or reckless behavior that would substantiate the removal of the guns. Yeah. Um, let me posit a hypothetical to you. Um, a person who is a gun owner uh, has a significant emotional event take place, death in the family, something where they, for a period of time, need to have some assistance from a medical health provider. Uh, when, let's say, for example, that it's depression and they're prescribed medication and the, there is a person who is just an anti-gun person and they report that this individual who's seeking help, um, that, they, that they need to have their gun seized when in fact that person really and truly poses no danger. What happened? Chew on that for a second while I give you the second one. That same person who suffers from depression sees that there's a red flag uh, law in his state and fails to go get the necessary help for that period of time where he's you know, mourning the loss of a family member. And that person then um, doesn't get the help and therefore continues to suffer because he's afraid they're going to come take my right. guns. Right. So what are those two? Those are two very realistic outcomes here. It, it's an argument posed right now, today. There, there are some who say that the, the national standard uh, description of mental illness isn't broad enough, uh, that the database of the mentally ill should be expanded to add a couple more million people. And the two opposing, the two main opposing groups uh, opposing a mental ill database 
when it comes to guns is the NRA on one side mm-hmm. and mental health professionals on the other. Mm-hmm. And, and if that doesn't really make sense, think of it just the way you said. The, the mental illness um, providers, um, advocates say just what you said. You will actually get people who won't seek help yeah. because they're afraid of the stigmatization. They're afraid of being special, being on a list, and having their guns taken away, or being prohibited from buying guns in the first right, place. Right, right. And who's going to come up with the list of uh, the, quote, approved mental illnesses? I mean, you cited depression. D- depression is... Widespread. Widespread. It's everywhere. Yeah, so if that's going to be a criteria... Um, you know, that may be attacked. Some some legislators may take to to have the gun control that they want. Many, many people who are in mental uh, crisis are only there for a period of time because it was triggered by an event in their life. And when it when you've gone through, you know, that I got to talk to somebody, I'm going to see a person for a month or you know, a year or two years or something. And I'm going to go on this medication yeah. and I'm going to sort out my feelings and sort out my problems. Then. You know, once you've gone through that, does that then make you ineligible to purchase a firearm thereafter? I mean, there's I see this as being a bit of a slippery slope. Well, the seizures are temporary. Like I said, three weeks to a year. They, uh, here's another odd bedfellow. Uh, the ACLU of California said expanding the law to include coworkers, employers, and school employees would make it prone to abuse. Yeah, I agree they with recognize that. that. I can't believe I just agree with the ACLU. There you yeah, go. Just the first, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I believe that that's correct. I yeah. think that, the, that we have with this, again, I'll use the term slippery slope, where will this end? You know, And I think that, you know, yeah, that's the lifetime NRA person in me coming out. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, and I can listen to the argument um, on, on the other side. Right. Um, in a you know, per- perfectly reasonable way. But, you know, I, I even wonder how constitutional this is. You know, I mean, well, the, you, I, I can see lawsuits taking this to the Supreme Court to see if it doesn't violate the Second Amendment. Right. So so in, in researching this, we talked a little bit, you and I, about uh, sheriffs in a nearby state who are refusing to enforce this law, saying it might have been the general... Um, election voters who it was. approved of it. It was. But it does not change the Constitution, and a locally approved piece of legislation does not supersede the United States Constitution. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, we, we want to wait and see where this uh, shakes out in the courts. And I just read today that uh, the attorney general for that state says that those sheriffs who don't act may be liable should something happen as their uh, their, their inaction towards moving to enforce this law. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really hot topic. I get that there's passion on both sides. Um, I, and I'm not opposed to, you know, getting people who are potentially violent to, A, into better, more effective treatment. Um, you know, to an extent, I can see a temporary seizure, but very, very temporary while something is done. Um, but... I just, again, I just don't want this to turn into, you know, a, a giant land grab for, you know, the, the gun control side. So uh, that's where I stand. I don't think it's a, a surprise to anybody. Where do you stand on this very hot topic? Uh, send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. 
That's policing matters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening.